Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Wealthy Sisters Radio, the show that promotes positive people. Tune in live on Mondays at 12 noon Eastern or listen live and 24-7 at www.wealthysistersradio.com. We know you will be inspired, empowered, and informed by the incredible women featured. And now it's showtime. Ladies and gentlemen, our host, entrepreneur, author, speaker, Deborah Hardnett. Well, hello and welcome to Wealthy Sisters Radio. As always, we're so excited to have you join us today. Wealthy Sisters Radio is sponsored by Wealthy Sisters Media Group, and you can visit us there for all, all of your branding and publishing needs at www.wealthysistersmedia.com. That's wealthysistersmedia.com. Here at Wealthy Sisters Radio, we proudly promote positive people, and our purpose is twofold. First, we love to provide you, the dynamic listener, with inspiration, encouragement, and that practical knowledge that you can apply to your life and business and have that positive impact right now. And second, we must provide that platform to edify, promote, acknowledge, and say thank you to the sisters for doing big things. I'm Deborah Hartnett, your host, broadcasting live on the Worldwide Blog Talk Network. Today is Monday, March Third, yes, we're marching into Women's History Month. What a fabulous month we are here in today. And you know we are counting down to the premier event, the premier professional women's event, the Winter Summit being held the last Saturday of this month, March 29th, here in the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area. Well, you know we are here every week at the same time. That's Mondays at 12 noon Eastern. So thank you, thank you, Thank you, really. Did I say thank you? I mean, I can't say thank you enough for just being here, tuning in to our show on a weekly basis, and all of the great love that you send us, the feedback, encouragement, tweets, text messages, Facebook, all that you do. We just can't say thank you enough. And you know, today, as always, we promise you we are committed in providing you with that positive programming, like we say every week. And today, it is going to be another show. I tell you, a, a, a show that I want you to make sure you've got your recorders, your pens, everything. You want to make sure you listen to this show over and over again because the lady that I have on the show today, I'm telling you, she is like I like to call her the truth. She is affectionately known as Lady O. She's Odessa Hopkins, born and raised in New York City, Harlem. And I tell you, she has shifted, come from a a low self-esteem, troubled teen to one of the most 50 influential women of power in the United States. So we want you to make sure that you are ready and poised to tune to her. She is a dynamic business consultant and has helped organizations from one-person startups to billion-dollar corporations. So do I have your attention right now? This lady is bad to the bone. You want to make sure you go and call everybody, Facebook them, text them, tweet them, tell them to dial 347-838-9278. That's 
347-838-9278. And remember, you can listen to this show and all of our other great shows. If, you, if you're on lunch break or you got to come back or what have you, you can catch it at WealthySistersRadio.com 24-7. That's WealthySistersRadio.com. And we are on iTunes free. You can subscribe to our channel. So go to iTunes, uh, put in Wealthy Sisters. You can find it there. Go ahead and subscribe to the RSS feed there, and you will have our shows on a weekly basis right on your smart devices. How powerful is that? I mean, like I said, every week we're committed to providing you with this powerful information, so you deserve to get this information. And also, remember you can follow us on Facebook. Please do that. Go right now. Find us there on Facebook and Twitter under Wealthy Sisters so that you can stay in contact with what we're doing here every week on Wealthy Sisters Radio. Well, like I said, we won't hold our dynamic guests from you much longer. We'll take a short break and come back with none other than Lady O, the author of Think Like a Hustler and Act Like an Entrepreneur. We'll be right back after this short commercial break. You're tuned in to Wealthy Sisters Radio. Ladies, are you tired of searching for Mr. Right and need help cracking the man code? Do you really want to know what he thinks about dating, love, and romance? Are you wondering if the one you are with will ever fall in love with you? Then you need the Code Cracker, Jay Neville, relationship expert and life coach. Visit jneville.com. That's J-N-E-V-E-L-S dot com. jneville.com. Queen Anita Empire Online features luxurious African handmade healthy skin and body care products. From enhancing all-natural soaps, hair growth stimulating shampoos, to delicious healthy drinks, great for arthritis, we have an extensive inventory of more than 450 items to begin your natural journey to wellness. Visit QueenAnitaEmpireInc.com. That's QueenAnitaEmpireInc.com. Remember, QueenAnitaEmpireInc.com. Hi there. This is Bill Lee. Wealthy Sisters Radio. So excited to use that little technical difficulty there. But as always, we're excited to have you on with us today. And we mentioned at the top of the show, the Winner Summit. That's the WinnerSummit.com, like a champion, like you are. We want to make sure that you take the time out to come to this event. We've poured everything into it. It's designed for you. If you want to learn how to build a better strategy, better bookkeeping, how to create your own base, how to be effective in your inbound and outbound marketing, and even learn how to get a government contract, you want to be with us March 29th, that Saturday, March 29th, at the Courtyard by Marriott there in Tyson's Corner. Go to the Winter Summit right now and get registered. A millionaire lunch, and I think it's um, probably about two seats left. Uh, our, our, our great featured panelists for that are, uh, is Mary Beal Adler. You'll hear from them later this month. She is the owner of the Georgetown Bagelry. And then we also have Sharon D. Fitzpatrick, who is an organizational uh, and development training professional. She's trained over 20-some thousand executives. And then we have Erica Flora, who has so many letters behind her name. Uh, she is such a Brilliant, just brilliant woman, and she is the co-founder of Beyond 20, and her customers, get this, her customers are Pfizer, uh, Verizon, 
Cisco, Chase Bank, I mean, NSA, NASA, yes. Okay, so I'm telling you, these women are documented. They're not just speaking about it. They're doing it, and you have an opportunity to get in front of them in an intimate session that's very exclusive, only 25 seats available. So go to the Winner's Summit, thewinnersummit.com, and get registered today. Now, Back to today's show. I tell you, I, I'm just so thrilled. What a great job I have. What a great opportunity. What a blessing it is to be in the front of or to be a part of providing rich information and positive information. I'm just so so blessed to have this woman on the phone with us today. And I'm not going to hold her from you any longer. Lady O, author of Think Like a Hustler, Act Like an Entrepreneur. Are you there, Lady O? Yes, I'm here, Deborah Harnett. Thank you so much. And I'm just delighted, excited, and honored to be on your show. Well, we are thrilled to have you. As I mentioned to you, I've watched you and just have so much respect for all that you've done, being an entrepreneur and a professional entrepreneur at that. I'm a businesswoman that has created serious, serious businesses, structures, and been a great support system to the community here in the Maryland, D.C. area and, and worldwide, literally. So we are so excited to have you back on our show today and to talk about this book. But before we get into your book, we just kind of want to update because it's been a little while, and I know we have a lot of listeners who may not know who you are. So if you wouldn't mind, just share a little bit of background with us. We know you grew up in Harlem, but tell us a little bit more about your path and where, what, what led you to becoming an author and the entrepreneur that you are today. Well, oh, wow. I tell you, it's, it's been a That's while. a lot, huh? It's been a long road. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's been a long road. But, you know, I, I, as you said, I, I am from Harlem. I'm originally from New York. I was born and raised. I like to tell people that I was born and raised in New York, but I grew up in the DMZ in D.C., Maryland, Virginia, and particularly yeah. in Maryland, because that's yeah. where I really, really came to life, and that's where I connected with so many phenomenal people and I was able to really see my growth develop and blossom. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's where that really happened. But I'm originally from Harlem. I grew up in a household, of course, of um, of people who were struggling. My mother was struggling, and, you know, she she didn't have a high school diploma, but yet she was uh, successful as as an an employee. So Mm -hmm. she Mm -hmm. taught us that, you know, regardless of what you had, whether you had uh, a high school education, a GED, no diploma at all, or a degree, that you can still be successful if you pushed yourself and you learned along the way. And so mm-hmm. watching her and listening to her made me just go forward to bloom and to blossom. And I started, uh, I started watching television programs, and I like to watch old movies. You know the old movies where they wore the long dresses, the long gowns, and they lived in the yes. fancy houses? And I'm yes. a dreamer. Right, Deborah? So yes. I watched that, and I always pictured myself in those types of environments. I said, you know, I'm going to have that beautiful gown, and I'm going to have that, that beautiful home, and I'm going to have that successful husband, and I'm going to be successful. And so that's always what I strived for, even though mm-hmm. I grew up in a difficult time period. I was a troubled child. I was, you know, I was one of the many abused child. I don't call myself a victim because... Once I got out of the victim situation, 
I became a survivor, and that's how I live as a survivor. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. so I like to tell people that my road was a difficult path. I was a troubled teen. I, and when I say I was a troubled teen, I mean I was a troubled teen. So if you have one of those, send them to me, and I'll help straighten them out. <laughs> so, and I <laughs> so do, you know I what do, it goes, the formula. I know exactly. I know mm-hmm. the recipe. I know the mm-hmm. recipe, and mm-hmm. I, I've raised um, three of my nieces in my home. And one of them was a very troubled niece, and we got through everything together. So I can tell you that. So my road was a difficult path, but, again, I was a dreamer. So the dreaming part is what led me to the successful part, because no matter what happened, no matter what doors closed, no matter what trouble I got into, it always led me back to, you know what, regardless of what this is, I can get past it because I have to become successful. I have to get there. So in order to mm-hmm. get there, I have to overcome this. And mm-hmm. so technology mm-hmm. was the thing that I loved. Everybody loves something. You have to figure out what that something is that you mm-hmm. love because that's the one thing that you're going to be able to hold on to, and that mm-hmm. one thing is going to be able to get you through a lot of things in life. For me, it was technology. Mm-hmm. And computers mm-hmm. were not out at that time. It was typewriters. I fell in love with that. I like to see my fingers go and and test how fast I can go. So I was good at that. And when computers came out, I got totally, totally involved in computers and in the computer world. And that was the world that I that I grew in as far as financially. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have a degree, and I was told that, uh, that I would never get promoted. I could accept the job, but I would never get promoted because I didn't have a degree. And I started out with $26,000, and I grew into six figures, and I still didn't have a degree, and I was promoted four times. So, you know, when I say that I'm a life-changing person, I've done a lot of life changes. So that's why I like to help other people transform their thoughts and their mindset. Oh, wow. That's that's the role that I took. And then I just started meeting people. I I did some freelance work. I have Kodak, and I worked for the banking industry, I was on Wall Street, I worked for Merrill Lynch. So I had all of these these great jobs that were low-paying right. jobs, but they were great jobs. Um, right. But I didn't know anything about entrepreneur. I had never heard the word, didn't know what a word was. But one of my friend's friends was a child psychologist, and she introduced me to the world that I didn't know that I found out later was entrepreneur. I started doing freelancing work for her. Um, and writing, typing up transcripts from her court mm-hmm. uh, documents. And that was my first job as far as a business is, would be concerned. It was an entrepreneur. I was actually freelancing. I was no longer working a full-time job. I was just doing that. And so I was a business owner and didn't even know it until I moved to Maryland in 1989. <laughs> and that's when I was introduced to the world of entrepreneurship. Oh, wow. So you have, I know we have uh, uh, just a a wealth of information and experience that you've had over the years. And I want to go back just to quickly here. uh, uh, I mean, you've said a lot of valid things, uh, but some of those are just really resonating with me. The the whole bit about dreaming, you said you're a dreamer, and and you, you encourage people to hold on to those dreams. What? How important is that, uh, to being a dreamer and, and discovering or uh, remembering those dreams? And do it's, you it's find everything. it difficult it's really for people everything to do? Because no matter how mm-hmm. successful you get, there's always going to be bumps. 
bruises, mm-hmm. letdowns. Mm-hmm. You're going to fail mm-hmm. at things. And mm-hmm. the only thing that you really have is your dream. And, and I know a mm-hmm. lot of people say you have to hold on to your faith. But mm-hmm. faith was part of my dream. And so, mm-hmm. you know, even when I, I, I was in the most, um, the, the most critical point in my life, I mm-hmm. let go of faith, but I still held on to my dream, and my dream led me right back to my faith. And so, mm-hmm. I, you know, to me, they go hand in hand. So it's, it's a lot of people, they, they talk about their faith and holding on to their faith and believing in God and all those things. But your dream is a part of that. So they go hand in hand. And I think if you try to fall out of one, the other kind of brings you back. If you fall out of faith, your dreams bring you back because without your faith, you're not going to accomplish that dream. And when you have your right. dream, you know, when you have your faith and you fall out of dream, you still need that dream in order to get to where you're going. So they really go hand in hand. I'm a huge dreamer. I mm-hmm. live vicariously through the movies until I was the movie. Until you were, that's right. And and I I have a dear friend um, who is like a big brother to me. We've had him on the show as well, Frank Phillips of uh, Phillips 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 and Allen uh, PA. He's a, definitely a PR firm. He is, I mean, he's an extraordinary gentleman. I want to encourage everybody to go and check out that interview because we talked about communications on there. But he is just a perfect example of what you said about him dreaming and how he spent his time dreaming and as a child and and now he's living that movie and he continues to live that movie everything that he says from where he dresses to where he goes is all a part of his movie it's all Mm -hmm. a part of his dream like you said and I think that is so important for us to hold on to because Let's face it, we get caught up in life. Um, Oftentimes in some trainings that I do, I conduct this particular exercise, and I ask people, you know, what is it that you would do right now? If money were no object, write the top 50 things that you would do. The sky and beyond is the limit. There is no Mm -hmm. nothing holding you back. And Odessa, Lady O, I will tell you, that 99% of the time, I get majority of the people can barely put three to five things on that list. You talk about wow. getting to 50, they're stumped. And these are adults, you know, who we did have dreams. All of us had dreams, but we lost them along the way because we're not taught, you know, and which is why I'm glad you have this book and we're going to get to that. But we're not taught to, to dream. We're taught to be like everyone else, to be a great employee, and that that really a lot of times has stunt our creativity. And we don't even encourage children to do what they love. You mentioned that. That's right. And that's very important. I want you to talk more about that too. It's important of doing what you love because when you don't, you wind up reaching your late 30s, 40s, and being miserable about the career path that you've chosen because you chose it for money and not for what you love to do. So can you Well, you know what, let, let, me, let me just point on, on let, let me give you an example of that, and people can probably mm-hmm. understand this scenario. Um, one mm-hmm. of my doctors, African-American doctor, right, mm-hmm. this doctor was just phenomenal, phenomenal doctor. And is this a medical really doctor looked, or a PhD? This is a medical or? doctor. This is okay, a medical okay. doctor. Mm-hmm. Okay. And his son, he he told me one day, we came real close, he's my doctor for many years, 
And he told me one day, I was in his office, and he said, yeah, my son is getting ready to go off to college, and he's not sure of what he wants to do, but he knows that he wants to do something with social services. He wants to help people. And he mm-hmm. was talking about um, doing something and working with the social service sector. And he said, and I told him, you're not going to make any money uh, working with social services. And his son said, but that's, you know, that's the kind of thing that I love doing. And he says, well, you're not going to make any money doing what you love doing, so you need to just go to school, become a doctor, mm. and, and make a whole mm. lot of money, right? Mm. Now, it's ironic. The reason why what he told him is so ironic is because, and, and I felt really bad for his son, by the way, but mm-hmm. years later I ran into that same doctor, and I said, well, how's everything going? How's the practice? And he says, well, that's a, I gave up the practice. I was I fell out of love with it, and I mm. became an entrepreneur, and, I, you know, I fell in love with this idea of this mattress that, that and it's kind of like the sleep number mattress, and he said, and I fell mm-hmm. in love with the way this mattress moves and, and the passion that people had about sleeping better. And so I became an entrepreneur, and I'm now selling. I'm, I'm now living my life selling the mattresses. I don't make a lot of money, but I love what I do. Wow. I did not even respond to the fact that you wow. wanted to stop your son from doing what he loved right. to do, and now here you are 10 years later doing what you love to do and doing the exact same thing that you told him not to. So that's well, the thing he didn't know. We have to he live our dream. Yeah. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. He didn't know. That's what he was conditioned, and that was the program, um, the, the, the regurgitated, steadily program, canned, that's the word I'm looking for, answer to, to exactly. all of that. Yes, 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 yes. Wow. That's a that's a powerful story. That's a powerful story to um to share there. And you know, when, when we look at um this whole world of entrepreneurship, I talk about it all the time, um, there are some traits that people have to know that they're an entrepreneur and one of them is wanting that feeling of wanting to do what you want to do not being uh, easily, so easily boxed in. But can you share some of those traits that a person can recognize um, and know that there's nothing wrong with you? If you don't want to stay on this particular job and you're bored, you get bored there quickly, it's nothing wrong with you. It's just that you might be an entrepreneur. Can you share some of those traits? Well, you know what? It it really comes down to having a passion, a fire in your belly. Mm -hmm that you know mm-hmm. that you are meant to be and do more than what you're doing and more than what you're being. And there's nothing mm. wrong with working. There's absolutely right. nothing wrong absolutely with being not. an employee. In fact, I tell a lot of people that the best way to start being an entrepreneur is why you still have a job because then that job can fund your business. You know, exactly. you start a little exactly. bit on weekends and night times and not during your office hours, but after those times. That's an right. ideal way to grow a business because right. you need financing. I don't care what anybody say. They can say, just go start it, just go do it. That's just fine, but you're going to find out that within a year that uh, you're going to need some capital. And right, so that's right. a good way to do it. So it, it, it's one of those things that you know when you're an entrepreneur, if you have such a fire in your stomach that that flame never dies. No matter what, you carry it around with you. You know that there's something that you're supposed to be doing that you're not doing, and you're willing to do it and to be committed to it, and you would literally give up everything 
for. Even though I think you should plan it out, have capital, have, have a little resources and stuff like that. However, mm-hmm. once you mm-hmm. start, you know that it's for you because you would not want to give that up. You would do everything. I always say play every card in the deck. So you mm-hmm. would take every card and you would play every single card. Every time a challenge comes, you have to get another card out and you have to play that card until all of your cards are gone. You know, mm-hmm. when all of your cards are gone, then you either figure out something else to do or another way to do what you're already doing. I think that's really what being an entrepreneur is about. I don't think it has anything to do with not wanting to work for somebody else. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. buy into Absolutely. that because you're always mm-hmm. working for somebody else if you're an entrepreneur. You have clients. You have customers. Right. Exactly. You have members. You're always working for someone else. It's just that you're getting paid what you set the prices that you should be getting paid. That, that's really the only difference. And staff Right. You work a lot harder. So you have to right. be willing. If you're working a job and you're complaining that your boss wants you to work, you know, 45 hours when you're supposed to work 40 hours, then you have to rethink whether or not entrepreneurship is for you. Because then you're Absolutely. not going to start out working 40. You may start out working 60, 70, 80. You know, you, you work <laughs> a lot of hours before you get to the point where you can actually set the hours that's ideal for you. You start that's out right. by setting the ideals that's I was that ideal for your customers. Mhm, mhm. That's right. That's right. Now I know we're we're talking a lot about entrepreneurship because you are an expert on that subject and so much of an expert, expert rather that you have written a book and I, I really want to get to your book because that's one of the main reasons why we have you on our show today, just to talk about it. As I mentioned to you uh, before, I love the title, uh, Think Like a Hustler, Act Like an Entrepreneur. Tell me, Lady O, what prompted you to write that book? This is really, really simple right here. What prompted Mm. me to write that book is I was having one of the most difficult financial times of my entire life, the periods of Mm. my entire life. And when mm-hmm. that happened, I had to revert back to my street smart. Mm-hmm. And I vowed mm-hmm. never, ever to be broke again. It was a point mm-hmm. in time, in fact, while we were running CEO Business Cafe, and we had mm-hmm. never missed a payroll, never. Mm-hmm. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, we were up against actually missing a payroll this particular time. And I told my husband, who I ran the business with, I said, you know, we cannot, we can never miss a payroll. I don't care what we do, we can never miss a payroll. People have to be paid before we can do anything else. And we had mm-hmm. three employees at the time. And we only had three days in which to make payroll. So it was very critical at the time. And I, I started getting a little anxiety and I started thinking. And finally, I said, you know what? I have to revert back to the street. I have to get my hustle and get into my hustle. And so <laughs> at that point, what I did was I just switched into hustle mode. I said, what do we have to do? How much, how much, are we, how much is the shortage? How much money do we need to bring every day? <laughs> write that down. <laughs> write that number down and give me that number. I don't want to know, you know, all the other things that it needed. For. All I need is a number. And once he gave me that number, Mm -hmm. I went right into Mm -hmm. hustle mode. I went to my phone book. I went to my computer. I went to my contacts. I started calling people who had shown interest in my my consulting services, uh, people Mm -hmm. who companies that I had uh, taught marketing for. I started telling them, hey, I have this new program. Why don't you let me come over and do uh, marketing 
session for your people, and I got mm-hmm. that money in three days to pay our employees. We never, ever missed a payroll in the entire time we had CEO Business Cafe. But I wow. had to get back to my street smart of hustling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. where the book came from. I said, you know, I should have not waited until it mm-hmm. was time that we almost missed a payroll to actually have done this. I should have been doing this all the time, you know, all along. Mm-hmm. And that's what mm-hmm. a lot of entrepreneurs that I realized when I started looking back to the people that I grew up with seriously hustling, and I mean street hustling, literally, I started looking at the time that they did not waste during the day. They used every mm-hmm. single minute of their day. They didn't stop hustling mm-hmm. in the streets mm-hmm. until after 6 o'clock, and that's when they enjoyed their time. And I said, we're mm-hmm. wasting too much time. I need to put this stuff in a book. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. That is powerful. And, you know, it's 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 so much that's attributed to that, um, like you said, and, and we often look back and say, you know, I should have been doing this, but, hey, if you hadn't, guess what? You wouldn't have the books now, maybe. So exactly. if you had to go through that experience. <laughs> it's part of the story. <laughs> yeah, it's a part of the story, you know. And, 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 and at times, you know, especially as an entrepreneur, when you're constantly going nonstop, you can get to a point where there is a, especially today, I think the information overload, and, and and we're just we're we're might be stagnant because we have so much that that we've been intaking, and we we don't have oftentimes the luxury to go like you did when we might have worked a job where you can take a set vacation and you can take this time off to regroup or what have you. But as an entrepreneur, oftentimes we're going nonstop. So, you know, things don't always, they're not always as, as readily uh, available or clear to us un, until and, we and experience times like that. I mean, not only mm-hmm. are we going yeah. nonstop, but there yeah. are times when we're going nonstop and we're not getting paid for that time. Not we haven't put paid. in the work right. or the effort or done it smartly or wisely or whatever the case is, but we have to continue to work. We, as if we're on a job and they don't pay you, you're gone. You know, it's right, over. I'm out off to the next job. But well, you can't right. do that as an entrepreneur. Right, exactly, exactly. So tell us, let's get into this book because uh, this time is going by so fast. We definitely have to plan to have you back on sometime in the future. But tell us about this book. I know you've uh, got an introduction there that just speaks monuments and is a great lead-in into what people should expect. Um, from reading and what they will get from reading your book. So can you share that with us? Sure. I I will be glad to read the introduction. So I'm going to read the introduction to to Think Like a Hustler, Act Like an Entrepreneur because I want people to understand the concept of the book itself. And then I also want to talk a minute about the word hustle and the word hustle. Mm -hmm. Because I know mm-hmm. that a lot of people have the mindset that as soon as they think the word hustle or the word hustle, they automatically mm-hmm. think negative. Now, the mm-hmm. book, as far as hustle, is based on a negative into a positive. But I want to tell you that it really depends on how you look at the word hustle as to mm-hmm. how you perceive that word. And they talk about the word a lot on Shark Tank. Mm-hmm. And they tell a person, I can't invest in you because you don't hustle enough. You don't have your hustle. That's right. So you don't have the word any drive. is used, and you have to decide whether or not you want to use the urban version or 
the other dictionary's version. And here's why I say that, because the Urban Dictionary is the only one that actually lists the word hustle as all negative. The Oxford mm-hmm. Dictionary says it's an aggressively enterprising person, a go-getter. The Free Dictionary says it's to move or act energetically and rapidly. We hustle to get dinner, to push or force one's way to act aggressively, especially in business dealings. Dictionary.com says an enterprising person determined to succeed, a go-getter. But the Urban Dictionary says someone who knows how to get money from others selling drugs, rolling dice, pimping, you'll hustle for that money. Oh, my gosh. That is incredible that the Urban Dictionary is limited like that. Wow. Right. The the Urban Dictionary is very limited like that. But that's how many of us, particularly those of us from the urban community, that's the version that we're thinking of when we say hustle. So you use the word in a negative way. That's how you're perceiving it. That's not how I perceive the word hustling. Mm -hmm. I perceive Mm -hmm. it as someone who is absolutely a go-getter, and you'll hear about that in this mm-hmm. week right now. So let me read mm-hmm. to you the introduction of Think Like a Hustler, Act Like an Entrepreneur. So there are only three ways the legal hustling ends. I call them my three Ds, dead, dead broke, or dead to society, incarcerated. Mm-hmm. But prior to hitting the three Ds, the biggest street hustlers gained respect from detectives and reporters for their mastermind or entrepreneurial abilities. Some amassing over $72 million a year in one seven-man organization. The question is, why would the New York Times report refer to one organization as a, quote, a Fortune 500-like operation where something professional was being done? Well, as a 15-year-old in the 70s Harlem, I began hanging in Mike's Bar Uptown and the Royal Flush Bar Downtown watching and learning the answer to that very question. I was the invisible one, a spectator trying to hang with Big Sis and her friends. Although no drugs were sold by my hands, those around me, including family and friends, were the street soldiers and leaders of the most notorious drug organization throughout Harlem, an operation that spread to other boroughs of New York as well. This book is not intended to condone anything that took place, as we all have horror stories from that overshadow the money. We lost her there. We're going to take a short commercial break and give Odessa an opportunity to call back in. If you're just tuned in, we're listening to Wealthy Sisters Radio. Our very special guest today is Odessa Hopkins, affectionately known as Lady O. She's the author of Think Like a Hustler and Act Like an Entrepreneur. She has over 30 years of business experience, and we're going to take a short break and allow her to Sign back on. Thank you so much for tuning in. Three women are murdered every day. Around the world, at least one in three women has been or will be abused in her lifetime. It's time to change these statistics. Join Saving Promise, a national grassroots movement that's bringing about real change. Visit www.savingpromise.org to join our One Voice campaign and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Text My Promise to 20222 to make a $5 donation. We need your voice. Together we can live, thrive, and be free of domestic violence. Does your home or office decor need a resurrection? Is there a special room of yours that says blah, blah, blah and is lacking inspiration? Then you need creative ways and solutions. We help you create feel-good spaces that are functional and beautiful at the same time. We are here to cater to you with an environmental and spiritually conscious flair. 
Both in person and virtual interior design services are available. Visit us online at creativeways.com, spelled with a K, or call 888-280-8318 for a complimentary consultation. We create spaces that inspire you. Hi there, this is Bill Lee. Radio, thrilled to have you on Hi there, this is Bill Lee. I'm a difficulty. Here we go. We got it now. I tell you, that's, that lets you know we got some powerful information that's being shared. Our guest looks like she's back on the line. And our, if you just tuned in, our guest is Odessa Hopkins, otherwise known as Lady O. She's the author of Act Like or Think Like a Hustler and Act Like an Entrepreneur. And she was just reading for us the introduction to her book. So we're going to bring her back on the line. Are you there, Odessa? I am. I am. <laughs> well, good. I said, wow, Everybody's that was so powerful. Place. It just blew up the airwaves. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. So you were in the middle of sharing. The last thing we heard um, was you were talking, I guess you were reading the part about um, when you, people, the definition of a hustler when you were downtown, I believe, and you were going different places to see, although you didn't participate in it, you were talking about the definition there. Okay, so I will start from that paragraph. How's that? Okay, that's good. Okay. Okay, so as a 15-year-old in the 70s column, I began hanging in Mike's Barb Town in the Royal Flush Bar downtown, watching and learning the answer to that very question. I was the invisible one, a spectator trying to hang with Big Sis and her friends. Although no drugs were sold through my hands, those around me, including family and friends, were the street soldiers and leaders of the most notorious drug organization throughout Harlem, an operation that spread to the other boroughs of New York as well. Now, this book is not intended to condone anything that took place, as we all have horror stories that overshadow the money, glitz, and glamour. Still, you can't deny the brilliance of any man organizing and running a small army of dedicated soldiers forming an operation that's both respected and despised by law enforcement for their business organization and operational skills. Forty years later, as a well-respected businesswoman, I will share with you the street smart business success secrets behind changing your mindset and actions from fearful, disorganized, and non-income producing to fearless, organizers and wealth-producing legally. I look at hustling as an entrepreneurial process used by go-getters to sell products or ideas while they figure out how to get others to use, sell, or invest in that product or idea. If you gain wealth illegally, your success will be short-lived, your wealth will be confiscated, and you may spend more time in prison than some people will spend on this earth. However, if you use the same principles to run a legal operation, save and invest as you grow, you could absolutely build lifelong generational wealth. Mm, which is where we see, and if we go back and do our research, a lot of the foundational, um, let's say, businesses or family or wealth, we you know we know a lot of it was rooted in that prohibition and and all of that. If we do our history, so absolutely, that is you know, the biggest masterminds um, were were masterminds of illegal substance. They they right. put all of their their energy their thoughts, their planning, all of their intelligence into doing something that was opposite of what they should have been doing, which would have been building a legal empire. 
And, of course, mm-hmm. we have people who built legal empires that were brought down because then they switched and they started also using their mindset uh, a mm-hmm. different way. So if we look mm-hmm. at how the mind works and how we can plan and build empires, you'll see that a lot of people who did it were people who were not educated, were people who were not brought up in good households. I like to go back to Napoleon Hill because, all the way back in 1925, the laws of success, Napoleon Hill said, whatever the mind can conceive and believe, the mind can achieve, regardless of your level of education or the number mm-hmm. of times you have mm-hmm. failed. So mm. if you think about that, it will show you how much power you actually possess just in your thoughts. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that that last part of that statement, I love that, um, and, and I thank you for bringing it back to my memory, uh, the laws of success. I definitely encourage those, uh, all of our listeners to really learn more about that um, series by Napoleon Hill if you hadn't, because oftentimes people talk about the Think and Grow Rich book, but um, there's often so much more that he that he has available or wrote as well. But when you think about that, uh, you know, Sometimes, no matter how often we fail, particularly coming off of or going through or being a part of one way or the other, the, the, what the economic conditions around the world, you know, that mm-hmm. a lot of businesses and, and small businesses, of course, um, we've had to reinvent, adjust, and, and all of those are the like. How important is that to know that failure is inevitable? And I don't like to call it failure at all, really, but knowing that everything is not going to go as planned in business. How, is it, how important is that for entrepreneurs Well, you know, know, one of the things that, that uh, being brought up in the environment that I was brought up in is that we call it state of state. When I fail at something, I call it failure. Because if Mm -hmm. I don't call it failure, I'm afraid I may not really learn the lesson of that. (laughs) Failure is a harsh term. You don't want to know. You don't want to come back. I don't want to sugarcoat it. If I failed at it, I failed at it. But the the most important thing is not that you failed at it. It's what you've learned Mm -hmm. from it. And so I think that when we look at the failure, I would rather say, well, I didn't, I didn't really fail at that. So, you know, what's there to really take from it? No, I want to say, you know what, I failed at this. I did something wrong. Something was done wrong. So let me see how, how I can change it, what I can do better to make sure that I don't repeat that again. So you mm-hmm. can fail at something, and yet you don't have to stop at that particular right. thing. You can keep going. You can even fail out of business and, and not actually lose your business because you can fail and then succeed, fail and then succeed until you actually get it. So it's not right. in the failure, it's in the lesson. Mm. That's what people have mm. to understand. And that's life in general is a lesson. It's not the failure. You, know, it's, it's, you don't mm-hmm. fail until you die. You can keep doing mm-hmm. something until you get it right, until you die and you don't have an opportunity anymore. Mhm, mhm, mhm. You know, mm-hmm, so giving mm-hmm. up is uh, is it, just the mindset. I would say you give up on something when you're actually tired of it, not because you think that you failed at it, but when, mm-hmm. when you're actually tired of it, or you just don't see the value maybe in it, or you have a desire to do something that's either more important or something that should take precedence and what precedent in what you're doing. Something. I mean, we stopped doing CEO Business Cafe. We could have done it. Uh, a, a hundred different ways. In fact, we were getting ready to regroup and actually do it in a totally different way um, than we were, were actually doing it. 
But we decided that it was more important for Rick to live out his dream of building the first um, YMCA built in 60 years in New York City rather than Mm -hmm. putting that energy into transforming CEO Business Cafe again. So, you know, Mm -hmm. he went in that Mm -hmm. direction. I went back to to running uh, another coach enterprises, which I had never stopped doing. And so it wasn't the, the, but we took out of that, okay, what was the lesson in that? I took a lesson back to another approach. He took lessons learned into building the YMCA. In fact, that's why they brought him back in and hired him, because of what he learned in CEO Business Cafe. Mm-hmm, so you mm-hmm, have to mm-hmm. take the lesson. Don't take the failure, accept the failure, but take the lesson away with you. Don't take the failure away with you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That is so true. Take that lesson away, and, and that is going to catapult you to the next level, absolutely, when we're able to apply it, you know. Exactly. Don't, don't, don't continue yes, doing because the same thing that, over and over. Right. Exactly, Deborah. You'll mm-hmm. find in life, if you live life long enough, the one thing that, that I, I found, at, you know, in all of my years is when you, when you go and you look back and you look back at the things that you did fail at, uh, you'll mm-hmm. look to see the lessons that you took. If you actually kept going, you'll look to mm-hmm. see how you took the lessons from that and actually was successful in other ways, in other areas. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. amazing when you look at how the dynamics of that work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Can you give us an example maybe of, of something that you might have learned that you can share or something just along the lines of what you said, you look back of some things and, and how you've been able to say, oh, I, I can apply this now or I haven't applied it, and I'm still doing the same thing over and over again. Well, one thing I do is apply. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's one thing you tell them. If you don't take, if you don't take a lesson, you know, from from what you do, you're going to keep repeating it, it one over time, and over. Right. Right, right. Well, it, you know, some things have taken me twice, but, you know, I've applied okay. it, but I brought some of the negatives back with it as well that I should have probably right. left. So then you also right. end up repeating some things. But uh, one, of the, one of the best examples for me, I learned so much um, mm. from, from, running, um, from running a business that, that I just mm-hmm. can't even tell you about. But one of, mm. the, one of the things that I found that I'll tell you, uh, with, with my contract with Kaiser Permanente, I had 48 hours to plan to bid on that, on that contract, uh, to, to, mm-hmm. to bid to actually leave that contract as a diversity consultant. So my company was given the opportunity to bid on the Kaiser Permanente contract, which involves outreach coordinator, the, the planning, uh, being on the proposal review, on the selection committee of huge multi-million and billion dollar companies. And my little company was was, uh, tapped to actually do that. But I had 48 hours in which to do it. And one of the things that I started to do was not to bid on it. I started not to go after it because I thought this is too big, this is too huge for me to go after. But once again, what I thought about was the opportunity and how I can go after it. And I figured, well, you know what, if I can't come up with a way to go after it, uh, in a way that I can actually win it, I'm not going to bother. And so once again, I had to kick it into gear, but I used some of the things that I had, had failed at before in order to do it. Mm-hmm. One of those things was I tried to do things by myself. You know, I tried to do a lot of things by myself, like Lady O is the one. You know, she can do all. Mm-hmm. 
and mm-hmm, but you mm-hmm, don't mm-hmm. fail all, you know, and mess mm-hmm, it up. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm, I have mm-hmm. to look at all of the little things that I had failed at in business and bring them into this huge opportunity and, and see if I can make it work. So the one thing that I did, the first thing that I did is I went after a couple of people that I knew had experience in the fields that I didn't have experience in, uh, that they had some experience in the fields that Kaiser needed them to have it in. And uh, proposal, I went after the, the best proposal person. I went after the best contracting person. And so I built my team of people that were like the dream team. And there were only a right. couple of us, but it was the dream team. And we got together and we worked 24 hours nonstop until we had it all together. And then the next 24 hours, we worked on putting the package together and working on the interview strategy and submitting it. And, of course, I did get that contract. And that was huge because I incorporated some of the things that had allowed me to fail at other things, and it won me probably to date the biggest thing that I have done today as far as business, which is working on a billion-dollar contract and with billion-dollar companies as well and multimillionaires and so forth. So that was the biggest thing of my life. Had I just said I can't do it or just try to do Mm -hmm. it on my own or, you know, Mm -hmm. didn't Mm -hmm. seek advice, Mm -hmm. Then, then, then mm-hmm. it would not have happened. So I learned to you, trust other people trust, in order okay. to succeed. Mm-hmm. 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 And you're saying a lot there because oftentimes, you know, we talk about that. Uh, I did an interview for Elvinice Jackson with her leadership summit, and we talked about the importance of collaborating. You know, I really believe that is something that can help us lead into the 2020 you know, with our businesses and and being able to, like you said, trust others' experience and to build that team. Because, as I say often, we are independent, but we really are interdependent. We need each other. We have to, you know. Well, especially in business. I mean, you know, if you want to be an introvert, that's fine. But in business, you have to understand, and one of the things that I talk about in the book uh, one of the important things that the street hustlers had to understand is that they had to trust people with their lives. We're trusting people right. without business, right? They right. had to trust people literally <laughs> right. with their lives, right. and they had to build right. whole teams of counsel uh-huh. of people that mm-hmm. they can trust with their lives. And then the people mm. that they brought in had to bring in people that they can trust with their lives. So mm. how could we not do that in, as an entrepreneur? We can't build the mm. business without other people, and we have to mm. be very selective in the types of people mm-hmm. that we bring in. We have to bring in the right people to get the right job done. It's, it's encouraging mm-hmm. that we do that, and I think that's where a lot of us fail. Famous mm-hmm. Amos, Wally Amos of Wally Amos Cookies, came to CEO Business Cafe for his 75th birthday. My good wow. buddy, Willie Jolly, brought him. Um, and one of the things that he told the audience was, you know, he said, you know, they keep talking about how the white man uh, took my business from me. He said, the white man didn't take anything from me. He said, a lot of people told me that I needed advisors, that I needed people who understood contracts and understood this business, and they told me to seek advisors, and I was hot-headed and hard-headed, thought I can do it by myself, and that's how I lost my business. So Mm. we have to understand that, and we have to take the lesson from his failure. He went on to create another cookie company in Hawaii, but he can't even use his name, Famous Amos, 
because it was trademarked under a company which they which they ended up with instead of mm-hmm. him. You know, instead of them trademarking in his name, he trademarked it in a company. That's something that people should understand. One of trademark mm-hmm. trademarking in your name, so they can't take you, but they can take your company. Right, 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 right. Wow. You know, and that's that's good because you do hear a lot of people say things like that. I've heard that. That's one of those things that you hear, but you really never know the truth. And that's that's great that he was able to weigh in on that and, and share some insight on that as well. Now, I know our time is just winding down here. and We have just a few minutes left in the show, um, but I, I did want to give you an opportunity to kind of just tell us a little bit more about your tagline for your book. Um, we know the title is Think Like a Hustler and Act Like an Entrepreneur, but transform your thoughts and talents into wealth-generating opportunities. Can you can you take about two minutes and share what that means and what you meant Sure. It, it's pretty much what it's exactly, not even pretty much, it's exactly what I did, Deborah. I told you about mm-hmm. my background and so forth, and, and I had to transform. You know, I mm-hmm. had to absolutely transform myself. And how I had to transform myself was that I had to get into my own thoughts. I had to, mm-hmm. to identify what I was passionate about, what I was thinking. But I had to couple that also with my talent. See, a lot of people, mm-hmm. they start businesses and stuff because of uh, what their talent is, but they don't really know how, they don't really have a thought behind what their talent is in order to generate revenue from their talent. And you have to really mm. put the thoughts about what do you know, what do you feel, mm. you know, what, mm-hmm. what background do you have. And then you put that together with what can I do, what kind mm-hmm. of skills, hard-set skills do I have. And you have to put those two have to make sense. And you have to transform those thoughts and those talents in order to generate wealth and wealth opportunities mm-hmm. in doing that. A lot of people, they get into business and they have a talent, they have a skill, but they don't make any money whatsoever because they haven't transformed those thoughts and talents into actual money, into actual right. money. And because right. I've done it and, and have done it over and over again, uh, that's what I uh, focus now on teaching people. And I like to do that on an individual consulting level as well as a group, but I, I like that one-on-one feel. That one-on-one. Now, give us your information, um, Lady O. I know we have a lot of people who are tuned in right now. The lines are packed out. Um, We even have uh, members in the chat room as well, guests in the chat room. Uh, But definitely we have a huge, huge download audience. So please, please let everybody know how they can reach out to you, get your book, and be able to get some of that one-on-one time that you shared as well. Mm -hmm. Well, they can start with my website, and I like to make everything simple, and it's odessahopkins.com, Odessa, O-D-E-S-S-A, Hopkins, H-O-P-K-I-N-S.com. They can really get a lot of the information about what I'm doing, who I am, um, who are some of the people that that I like to uh, associate myself with, and that's one of the big things that your audience needs to know. You know, you, you, you become the people that you're around, and That's you have right. to understand that if you want to get to certain levels. Here I am, a little girl who, who had limited education and abuse, all that, all that stuff in the background, but yet 
I sat on the stage getting awards with people right alongside lieutenant governors and county executives and people like Sugar Ray Leonard and WSSC directors, and we sat on the same stage getting the same awards for accomplishment. And so right. you have to surround yourself by big people if you want to do big things. And that's that one. And you I have to accept the fact it. that you belong in that league. A lot of people, you know, they, they go out here and they get timid and they, they right. act like they don't belong in that league. And people who are bigger than you or they're doing bigger things, they can kind of sense that. They, they can, can sense, sense that it. desperation. Mm-hmm. So I always mm-hmm. like to tell the contractors that I consult, I say, you go out there and you be hungry but never look desperate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That is it. That's another book. <laughs> That's another book right there. <laughs> I'm hungry, but I'm not desperate. <laughs> that's right. You're hungry, but that's don't, right. don't look desperate. Even if you are, you know, that saying, never see him, never yeah. let him see you sweat is real. That's right. Because it's real. That's real. That's right. That's real. Well, Lady O, our time is up. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Congratulations to you on uh, just a wonderful project. We're all looking forward to it and uh, just excited about everything that you're doing. I just want to say thank you so much uh, for blazing the trail and staying the course and uh, just sharing with us today. Absolutely. And and we're going to move right into our segment, and it's it's just so apropos that you mentioned uh, with uh, Famous Amos and the copywriting and trademark. And, you know, here at Wealthy Sisters, we have our correspondence, and we've got the financial and health. And today we're going to be featuring our legal correspondent, Aurelia Mitchell-Durant with AMD Law, and she's going to be sharing a two-minute segment on copyright. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Aurelia Mitchell-Durant, and this is the Wealthy Sister Radio Show Legal Segment. The topic for this segment is copyright, and a copyright is where you have an original piece of authorship, a book, a blog post, um, some kind of writing, or it could also be a drawing, maybe you're an artist or something like that, um, and you want to control or restrict the ability of other people outside of yourself to make copies of that original piece of work. I want to dispel a myth about the use of the poor man's copyright. If you're not familiar with that, the poor man's copyright is where you have your original piece of authorship, you put it in an envelope, you seal the envelope, and you mail it to yourself. The postmark stamp that's on the outside of the envelope would operate as the date of creation, so to speak. Um, and, and you keep the envelope in a secure place, and that's the way that you evidence that you own the copyright, that this was the original work that you created. One of the many major problems with that method is that if there is a challenge and if you have to seek enforcement of that particular copyright, um, if you've watched enough television and you know that there's ways to steam an envelope open or, you know, do something to change the contents on the inside of the envelope and appear to have it resealed. Um, so if this is a piece of work that you have to enforce, if you have an attorney on the other side, um, they're going to dispute the validity of what you're representing as being inside the particular envelope. So you cause yourself an enforcement issue that if it's really that critical and if it's really that important of a piece of copyrighted material, then you probably would have been better served by registering the copyright. 
The other good thing is that when you register the official copyright, you put the world on notice that you created this piece of work. Um, and so that's really, really important in terms of protecting your brand and protecting the integrity of what you've created. So if there are any questions about that, you can reach out to me. My website is amdlawgroup.com, um, and I look forward to hearing from you. You can also send me an email. The email address is a.durant at amdlawgroup.com, and I thank you for listening. All right, that has been Aurelia Mitchell-Durant with our legal, Wealthy Sisters legal segment. She is our correspondent, and stay tuned for more features from her uh, as well. And we just want to say, again, thank you so much for tuning in and want to remind you, if you haven't already, get registered for the Winner's Summit. That is the premier conference for you, professional conference for you. Uh, There's so much information that you're going to be able to get from that. We believe in providing you with practical, practical, not a lot of hype, not a lot of fluff, practical, real-time knowledge that you can apply to your business and to your life and get immediate results. So go to the Winner's Summit. That's the Winner's Summit like a champion, a winner, not the season, but a winner, thewinnersummit.com, and get registered today. Thank you again for tuning in, and as always, Stay tuned for another positive show next week as we bring on uh, Sharon Fitzpatrick. She is one of the featured millionaires at our Millionaire Luncheon at the Winter Summit. So stay tuned next week. And as always, we wish you and yours the best of everything great. Thank you. This has been another episode of Wealthy Sisters Radio. Thank you for joining us. Stay tuned for another positively impacting show next week. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Wealthy Sisters and on the web at WealthySistersRadio.com. The opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of our hosts, staff, or partners of our Wealthy Sisters Radio.